Welcome to Real Estate Investing in the Real World Podcast. The topic of this episode is, do you have the renovation delusion? Almost everyone I come in contact with when they first get started in real estate investing has this delusion at some level. And it has cost people millions and millions. It's probably cost you money. And you've probably wasted a lot of time. And the worst part is you probably don't even realize you have this delusion. Well, what is the renovation delusion? Let me illustrate. I got a message from a new real estate investor looking for my help. And these are the deal parameters he laid out. And let me, uh, let me see if you can relate to this. Uh, this property, by the way, was in Texas. He said that it was going to cost, or what it was listed for, was 40000 and I know that's pretty low for some parts of America. Uh, you can put a zero or two zeros at the end of it if you'd like to uh, for this illustration. He said that it was probably going to cost about 40000 in renovation. Or I'm going to shorten that and I'm going to call it rehab. And then what he thought was that it would ultimately probably sell for about 120000 once it was all fixed up. And... Um, so therefore, and I know this is a, a gross number that, you know, theoretically, there's, there's 40000 left over in here. So he had mentioned in this message that this was a big opportunity and that he needed my help. He, in fact, said, Phil, show me the money. So I'm going to ask you this question. Is this a big opportunity? If you said yes to that, then you, sir or ma'am, have the renovation delusion. Now, this individual was quite transparent, and I appreciated his honesty. He went on to say, look, I'm not that confident that this is going to be a $40,000 renovation cost. I've actually never done something like this before, Phil, so I, I'm trying to estimate the best I can, but I just don't know for sure. There would be a lot of different contractors involved, so I would, I would not only need help with estimating the renovation costs, but I'd also need your help, Phil, in hiring the right contractors. You see, he had seen the video, Seven Things to Never Say to a Contractor, and he was a bit nervous about working with him, and uh, understandably so. But he also was, was a bit concerned about his $120,000 sales price estimate. You see, he'd also seen another one of my videos called Estimated Final Sales Price. And, and his prediction, he wasn't completely confident either. Oh, and he had another problem. He, uh, he didn't have any money, so he couldn't buy the property with the $40,000. Now, this, was not, uh, this one was actually listed, so he was going to have to use real money or hard money. And then he also uh, didn't have the money for the rehab. So, so in reaching out to me, he was looking for money. He was looking for expertise on renovation. He was looking for expertise on estimating final sales price. He was looking for the whole works. And this is where the delusion comes in. Usually in life, if there's something that's very difficult and you can overcome those challenges, right? So you've got the money. You, you know exactly how much it's going to cost to renovate, but you also have the contractors that you know can do a great job, you know are not going to screw you. You've also got this ability to buy materials really inexpensively because you have these great relationships with the uh, suppliers. And then you know how to get maximum sales price for your property. You know how to reduce the cost for the sale. So if you've got all those skills, mostly in life, that means that's where you're going to hit your payday, right? You, you, you improve in every step of the way, and then once you have done all that, it, it kind of 
it accumulates on top of, uh, of the other uh, pieces of the puzzle and magically you're very successful. That is where the delusion comes in. Even if you have the money and the expertise and you know exactly how much it's going to sell for, the delusion is that this is actually a big opportunity. I would argue, and I have literally studied this at a level probably never before in the history of the world. We're talking thousands and thousands and thousands of deals spanning now almost completely two decades. And I have put a microscope to this business. You think of every tool, technique, strategy, software, angle, you name it. It has come through our world in some way, shape, or form, either through our own personal experiences or through comments or through emails or through whatever. We've seen pretty much it all. And whatever's coming up, we'll see that too. And this is one of the most important discoveries I've ever made as a real estate educator. And that is this. This model is not a big opportunity. Major rehabs are not a major opportunity. Instead, you should sell these properties as is. Now, this one's a little tricky because at the, at the time of this message, this was listed. And as you probably know from my other videos, if the property's already listed and it hasn't sold yet, then uh, actually it's not even at market value. We try to get deals off market and then put them on market. But this model is best done for you as an entrepreneur, as a capitalist, as someone looking to make a profit, it's best monetized by you selling it as is to someone else. And this is not a new discovery in my world. I first shared this discovery on a video 11 years ago called The Secret to Flipping Houses. In fact, it was the, one of the first videos that really took off my YouTube channel. I illustrated mathematically why this is not a big opportunity. And, uh, and, and that lesson, even 11 years ago, has not only held true, it's actually been exacerbated in all these years. So, that is the delusion. And now I'm going to take us a step further and talk about why this delusion even exists and if there are any um, exclusions and some other factors that you need to be aware of. So where does this renovation delusion come from? Well, to some degree, it comes from people looking at this on paper and thinking it makes sense. And then, of course, they're going to learn the hard way, one way or the other, that this does not work. But there's more to the problem. What's exacerbated the issue? The fact that it's become entertainment. It's become entertainment on major networks such as HGTV and DIY and others like it. And it's also become that problem through certain YouTube channels. There's an entertainment value in taking a junk fixer-upper and turning it into something beautiful. But have you ever noticed that on those more uh, popular HGTV programs, the ones that have the least amount of drama on and off the camera end up being those formats whereby the stars of the show are typically a couple, one's a contractor, the other is an interior designer, and what they do is charge a client a certain amount to do what that client wants. And what happens if they go over budget? They take things out, or the budget gets raised. Either way, the stars of the show are going to make money, right? That model works. Contractors have been doing that for centuries because they're not betting on the profit coming from the sale. 
they're making their money as part of the rehab budget. The owners of that property are the ones that have to deal with the problems if they open up a wall and find a bunch of termites. Not the contractor or the interior designer, right? So that model works. And so when someone watches the show, they think to themselves, oh, I'm going to buy an ugly duckling, I'm going to turn into a beautiful swan, I'm going to make all this profit. And it's just not real world. Instead, those individuals may also be making money somewhere else. It must have been over 10 years ago, I was introduced to uh, Rob Van Winkle. You may know him as Vanilla Ice. And he had a show, and he may still have that show, called The Vanilla Ice Project. Or what he did is he'd buy a, a, a mansion, and he would renovate it, and he'd resell it. And um, for me, being a, always on the forefront of trying to figure out where some of my theories might be wrong... I thought it was interesting to see if this renovation delusion actually didn't uh, make sense as you got into some of those more luxury homes. Maybe at that level, you could do this model and make it work. Well, here's what I found from Rob, that a lot of times the suppliers of the materials that showed up on the show, and he would use phrases like the bling bling, whether it be some light or something else that was really fancy, was given to him for free by the supplier or at a major discount because he was going to mention it on the show. And then also, uh, Rob always had a big entourage around him. And so he just put those guys to work. So they were the ones doing some of the labor for free. So he wasn't actually making a business out of it if he didn't have the show to help. Does that make sense? So instead, what we have here is on one side, we have entertainment we're watching. And then on the other side, the real world, when you dig underneath the hood, you find out that the model doesn't actually work for you personally in your own backyard because there are so many flaws in this model. And look, you don't have to take my word for it, as I've said. You can go do this in the real world and see what it's like. Or you can go look at those investors in any region that are doing 20, 50, 100, 300 deals a year, and I'll tell you what they're not doing. They're not doing major rehabs. They come to this conclusion. It, it, it's very apparent. So you can learn this lesson by watching this video. And so then the next question that people bring up to me is, okay, well, Phil, if the solution to this renovation delusion is to not do the work, but to just sell it as is, well, Phil, what gives? What if the other person has watched this video and they're not going to do it either? Well, here's my answer to that. Adding to a P.T. Barnum famous quote, I say this, a sucker investor buyer is born every day. Sucker, investor, buyer. What are those people? Those are people that are buying properties as an investor, and they think that a major rehab project is a big opportunity. And they are born every day. And I'm not just talking about that uh, novice that's been watching HGTV nonstop for the last year who just inherited some property and thinks it'll be fun to fix it up and resell it. No, I'm talking about these people come out of the woodwork and it's because this is such a seductive trap my own brother did this i couldn't believe it my own brother he did this and he bought a he bought a fixer upper because a family member was selling it off market he thought it'd be fun to do some renovations on the weekends and he got in about month four and he was miserable he calls me up i said man i've i've preached this gospel for years why didn't you just get it under contract and flip it. And he said something kind of interesting to me. He said, but Phil, if I did that, I wouldn't add any value to society. He said, you know, by fixing it up, at least I'm, I'm providing a product out there. I'm not just the middleman. And I said, well, if you want to be profitable in this particular arrangement, 
you have to be the middleman. But if you want to get the satisfaction of having wasted every weekend for the last five months to renovate a property, and then you get out your calculator and you discover you made $11 an hour, then go for it. So I can't fix the dilemma of the fact that by being the middleman, you're not, quote, adding a tremendous amount of value to society. But I am showing you that this is best monetized by selling to a sucker investor buyer, and they are born every single day. I've even seen experienced investors that as they continue doing deals, their confidence, confidence turns into arrogance. They take on a little bit too big of a project, and that's all it takes. A little bit too big, bam, they learn their lesson six months later, say, I'm never doing that again. And then two years later, they forget that lesson, and they go right back to it. A sucker investor buyer is born every day. I get some complaints about this phrase, and they say, but Phil, that's terrible. You're going to pawn off your problems to some sucker? That's awful. Whoa. That's not what's happening in the real world. When a property like this comes our way and we get it under contract, we put it on the market. We never even talk to the buyers. The buyers are the ones investigating the property. They're big boys and girls. They make an offer. And so we are simply operating in the mechanism of the, uh, of the marketplace. And if the marketplace is willing to pay, let's say, 50000 or 60000 for the property we have under contract for forty, then so be it. Just because we know that it's probably not going to work out, that doesn't mean we've done anything morally, ethically or wrong. No, we're, we're fine. We're independent of it. We're just putting it on the market as is. We disclose anything we know that's wrong with the property, and we let somebody else fall into the trap of the renovation delusion. So what are these exclusions to this delusion, to this rule? The first and the most important one is a light cosmetic renovation. Something that does not involve getting permits. Something that does not involve doing a major overhaul of a kitchen or of the bathrooms. It is not going to require a very large budget, especially looking at this math where your rehab budget is the same amount as your cost. When we start talking about things like paint, flooring, we start mentioning things that are completely cosmetic in general. You're changing out door handles, light fixtures, you're doing some landscaping. Those are the kinds of things that fall within this category of light cosmetic. When you see on an HGTV show a sledgehammer that's being driven through a wall, that's when you know you're no longer a light cosmetic renovation. Have you ever noticed on those shows that when they start ripping out things to, to put in a new wall or change the orientation of a house, that's when they discover problems, right? So what we're trying to do as a real estate investor is we're trying to maximize profit while at the same time doing the right thing for everybody involved in a transaction. And when you start ripping out walls, you discover things that might cost you a lot more money. I'm not saying you cover up problems. I'm saying don't ever try to discover them. They may not be there, but if they're there, don't, don't go looking for them. And so that's where the light cosmetic arrangement is so effective. Now, this is also where it gets a little tricky. There are shades of gray here. 
Like at what point have you crossed the line? And that's a question that each individual investor has to answer themselves. For example, is a roof, which needs a permit, is that light cosmetic or is that major renovation? Well, if you have a great roofing contractor and you know there's nothing else major going on in the house, that if you did pull a permit, that the inspector did come over, they wouldn't look inside the window and see that you had redone something that requires a permit, then maybe that's okay. But it depends on the circumstances and the type of roof, too. Another example would be HVAC. Maybe it needs a new HVAC system. Most of the time, you need to get a permit if you're replacing air conditioning and heating system. So there are shades of gray. But when in doubt, go ahead and sell it as is. When in doubt, sell as is. Why? I want to teach an important phrase to you if you've never heard me say this before. A quick nickel beats a slow dime. A quick nickel beats a slow dime. When in doubt, sell as is. Because you'll almost always still make more profit in the end of the day, even if it was a light cosmetic. There are times when putting some paint, new floor covering, maybe replacing a countertop, painting the cabinets, replacing some of the hardware, replacing some of the light fixtures, doing some light landscaping, maybe completely painting the exterior as well. There are times where those deals are going to make more money if you completely renovate them versus selling as is. But on the whole, a quick nickel is going to beat a slow dime because in the real world, it's not actually double. It's not a dime. It's not twice as much profit. Usually, you are going to get a quick nickel is going to beat a slow nickel. I can't tell you the number of times people have told me, oh my goodness, if I would have never renovated at all and just sold it as is, I would have made more money than after all the work I have done. So, a quick nickel beats a slow dime, but in the real world, it's usually a quick nickel beats a slow nickel. Another exclusion, which is going to be the topic of a video I'll be coming out with shortly, is when you are converting a mobile home into a manufactured home. When there's a mobile home with its own mobile home title, that you're going to retire that title, and then now that mobile home is going to become a permanent part of the real property as it pertains not only to the tax assessor and the... Um, and the register of, uh, of deeds, but also to a lender. And so what ends up happening is a mobile home, which previously couldn't have been uh, borrowed against as it, uh, for a Fannie, Freddie, uh, uh, FHA, VA, USDA rural loan, now all of a sudden you can get that kind of conventional loan because you've retired title and turn it into a manufactured home with a permanent foundation. That is an exclusion as well because it does require permits sometimes, but that right there is a huge move that's making a lot of people a lot of money right now, especially because of COVID. And the third exclusion is going to be anytime you are renovating a property that you're going to hold long term. A good example would be a vacation rental, but it also could be a, for a traditional rental as well. I've got a video coming out you're absolutely going to love where I take you inside a before and after of a vacation rental that's oceanfront. And you're going to see that I did a pretty major renovation there. But here's the beautiful thing about a long-term hold. You've got 5, 10, 15, 20 years to make up for any mistakes you made early on. You're not betting on that immediate resale. Instead, you are betting on the fact that over time you're going to have cash flow. You are going to be able to refinance out uh, whatever you invested so that allows you to have a much higher return on investment. And of course, you're going to hopefully bank that it uh, appreciates in value as well. So you can get away with doing a major renovation if you're going to learn, uh, hold a property long term, whereas you can't really pull that off when it's short term. And there may be other, some other exclusions as well. But let's summarize what this lesson is all about. 
it's this. The renovation delusion is that no matter how much money you have, how much experience you have in renovations, being able to get the cheapest materials, hire the, the lowest cost contractors, doing the perfect work for that situation, and no matter how great you are at selling a property, when you're dealing with the major renovation, the best way to monetize that is not to join this renovation project, but instead to punt, to sell it as is to a sucker investor buyer. You will be more profitable, you'll have more free time, you'll enjoy life more, and ultimately it's going to make you a better real estate investor. And there are some exclusions as we mentioned here, but most importantly, when in doubt, sell it as is. Sell it to somebody else because a quick nickel beats a slow dime. All right, well, I'm Phil Pustiowski with Freedom Mentor, and if you want to learn more about exactly how we invest in real estate, me and my apprentices and, uh, and those that follow me, grab this book. It's free, and uh, make sure you read that. Also, if you want to learn how to work directly with me and my team, where we coach you on a deal-by-deal -deal basis, uh, consider my apprentice program, where I turn absolute beginners and turn them into some of the most successful real estate investors in America. Thanks, everybody.